0: Welcome to the Intentional Guy Podcast, where we are driven to help men become more intentional and purposeful in their daily lives. Your host, Michael Chestnut, will interview amazing guests to get insight and glean wisdom from so we can integrate intentional living and lead happier, healthier, and more fulfilling lives. All right, let's get started with the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Michael Chuslet, your host on Intentional Guy, and I am here with Nico Lagan Nico, thank you so much for being on our show today. Absolutely, got... thanks for having me. Hey, I, I got to watch some of your videos, and and um, you weren't too irritated by it. You were okay. No,
1: no it didn't piss
0: you off too much. N- no, <laughs> not not at all. So, you know, yeah. the, the one thing that I like is um, on the Titch guy. I just, I like authentic conversations where we can, uh, talk. I grew up a preacher's kid, you know, ah. and I knew, I knew every mask to wear for everybody. I knew yeah, to yeah. Be what you wanted me to be. I, I could. And, and and so what I did was I grew up being a great chameleon and, yep. you know, it, unfortunately I had to lose everything in my life to, to, to learn, real truth and mm-hmm. real value you know and to also even know who god was you know uh, i i i had this whole totally different image of who who got who god was and i was a i was a pastor kid, even went to seminary you know uh so anyways i brought you on here you you have a great story i love stories stories people's stories enrich our lives when we can learn from them. And so, you know, I'd, I'd like to kind of open it up to you to share a little bit about, about your story with my audience here. Which part my story's hey, been going well, on
1: for a long time. I've been living a different life since I can remember. I, you know, I think about this all the time that I've probably lived three lifetimes already mm-hmm. and I'm barely 41. I I've just, I've always done what I've, not I felt like doing, but I, what was I, what was, you know, I always thought it was instinct for the longest time. I thought I had great instincts and I just came to realize that I just doing God's work. I'm just doing whatever God's telling me to do. I just listen. I've always had a very good connection with God. I've always had faith, but I did not re I had faith in my instincts, but I didn't re I didn't realize until the past year that, it was God all along that was speaking to me. My instinct is just—that's a word that we use when we don't understand how connected we are to God. So, right. yeah. So it depends. Where do you want to go back? Because we can go back at fourteen. We can go back four years ago. We can go back twelve years ago. What well, about your dream. Uh, every few years, I tend to reinvent what I do, or just mm-hmm. niche it down. Maybe it's a—it's a better word to say it. So. You know, this this whole masculinity thing started when my dad left. I uh, was 14, I'm 41, so you're looking at about 27 years, 26 years now. And, um, you know, Steve Harvey says something along the lines, I'm going bastard to bastardize it again, but he says that when a man leaves, when a father leaves his son, he leaves a hole in his soul in his shape. So there is something, the boy's always going to miss something. There's always going to be a hole in his soul that needs to be filled. And it's interesting because this is exactly what happened to me. I I was in a situation when my, when my dad left. Not that he was already very present by the time he left, but when he left, they kind of unconsciously sent me on a path of looking for other men mm. because men are meant to be around other men. Men are, are, you know, I say this all the time, but boys are born, men are made through trials and tribulations. Mm. And if you want to become a good man, you're gonna to have to work for it. It's something that you become. It's not something that you are. You become a good man. And yeah. for millennia, men were taught how to become men through rites of passages. And most of the time, it started at home with the father. And I did not have that, and I did not have any rites of passages either. There was no, nobody in my around my family that was a good man that was ready to take on what it meant to be a mentor and you know, my, my mother eventually remarried, but I wasn't listening anymore. Like she met somebody a couple of years ago, a couple of years after. And I was, I was gone. Like you, you weren't, you weren't convincing me that you knew better than I knew when I was 14 years old, but within a year, a year or so, I was dropping out of high school, doing drugs every day. I was drinking, I was hanging out with all the wrong people. I started selling drugs i started stealing to pay for my drug habits and that went on and on for years it's by the time i was 17 i had moved out of my of my mom's place i was living by myself with a with a friend of mine and this went on for another three or four years so i was on that path for a long time and it's not until my early 20s that something changed and it's funny because it all started when my dad left and it all finished. When my mom gave me a call, when she asked me a very simple question, are you happy? And you know, it's one of those questions that doesn't mean much to somebody that's not really thinking about it. If you're not intentional about the question and you just take it, are you happy? It's like me asking you, are you how are you doing? Right. Most people will answer whatever comes up. Yeah. I'm okay. Cause, Everybody knows that even if you're not doing okay, nobody cares, right? (laughs) But it's, you know, when somebody asks you, are you happy? And you're really listening to the question and you're in a situation where you're not. Deep down, you're not happy. Because to put it into perspective, when she called, it was, I literally am sitting on the, the floor of my apartment, which I'm getting evicted from. And it was like the third time I was getting evicted in four years because all I did is party like I didn't care about my neighbors. I didn't care about anybody else. I came in when I wanted, I made the noise I wanted yeah. and you know, I was getting evicted. I was sitting on the floor with my box. All my stuff was boxed in and somehow she called me. It wasn't a coincidence. Like that's the day I stopped believing in coincidences. I look in uh, looking back at it today. I see God playing my mother, like a marionette, like really just using her as a conduit because my mother and I, to this day, we don't have that type of relationship where it's mostly polite. Like, we we don't get along on a lot of things because we don't see the world the same way. And back then was the same thing. But when she called, there was no judgment, no nothing. Just, are you happy? And if you're not, you can come back home. I I don't have the money to pay for your school. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to go back to school. You're going to have to do something. But I can put a roof over your head. And, you know, that same night I moved back to my mother's place and I stopped, stopped doing drugs. I stopped seeing all of my friends. I ditched everybody. I literally, whatever came before that day, I literally cut it off. Mm -hmm. I just said no more. Within a couple of years, I had gone back to school. I had graduated from high school. I had a technical college certification and I was about to start my, my corporate career. So it really it's interesting because it all started the day I took accountability for my actions when some when she asked me how I was doing I, if I was happy I'm like e that's a good question and when you realize that you're not a good person you're a thief you're a crook you're a thug you have hurt I've had I've hurt a lot of people in my life and you know, sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's just a divergence of opinion and there's nothing much you can do about it. But back then it was hundred percent my fault. It was, I was the problem. And when you're faced with that, that realization that you're not a good person, it's not a very pleasant one. Let's just, let's just put it that way. But throughout my life, is there, if there's one thing I know and looking through the Bible, it speaks about that too. If you're, you're never going to learn, you're never going to want to change if everything's going well or if everything's going okay you only change when you're really hitting rock bottom and to me pain and suffering are the greatest of teachers and if you look at the Bible this is one of the reasons why I I love Christianity is the message is all around hurting not on not purposely God is not punishing you but will he use pain to teach you something absolutely absolutely this is again he, he ain't stupid he, right. he knows that we're the one that's stupid and we only learn when we're really hurting, when doing the same thing over and over again is no longer an option. When you're hurting too much to continue doing what you're doing, this is when we're struck with the idea that, hey, man, maybe we should, maybe I should do something different. Maybe it's time for me to to start facing the type of individual that I am and get better or at least try or start somewhere so and you know that was 20 years ago 21 years mm-hmm. ago give or take 20 years ago let's call it that and it's always something i have it in the back of my head and it's it it's it's really interesting when you start taking accountability it's a door that never closes because it starts with okay i'm a drug addict i'm a thug i'm a thief i'm 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 not a good person then okay, well, I'm going to start, I'm going to stop doing that. You realize that you can't really surround yourself by those people anymore because this is not the type of person you want to be. So you start cutting all those people off. Then when you start spending time alone away from people, you start realizing that, okay, uh, this is who I am now. Uh, Maybe I need to do something to better myself. And I had three years of high school. I wasn't, I was never going to be employable at any type of job that would make sense. So then you're like, man, what can I do for that? Well, I'll go back to school. And then you're like, oh yeah, but a high school's not enough. Maybe I should go to college. Well, well, you go back to college and then it happens that there's a gym there. And then I discovered the gym when I was there. And then you start realizing you're like, wow, I was scrawny. I was 140 pounds on six foot one. Now I'm more like two ten. So that tells you like there's a bit of a difference in size there. But those are all things that, this is what's amazing. And I, I've seen it time and time again where you start changing one thing. And often when it comes to men is taking control of their physique of their bodies, like starting to hit the gym, starting starting to diet, really start treating your body more with the respect that it deserves. And everything starts, it's a domino effect. As soon as you start taking care of yourself and you stick to it, you start building discipline. You start realizing that you have a lot more control on your body than you think that what you eat and the way you treat it has so much impact on the rest of your body like your mind for example if you stop treating your body like a gar- like a dumpster you'll start you'll, you'll stop yeah. thinking like garbage and th- this is the beautiful thing because i discovered the gym then i was in school and my mind was being was being developed and then you realize that your brain works so much better when you take care of your body, when you give it the nutrients that it needs. Like there's no wonder people don't feel good. We're talking about 42% of American are obese when 30% of them are overweight. So it's about 28% of people are in acceptable shape. We're, we're not talking hitting the gym for five times a week dieting. We're just talking, okay, like acceptable, but there's more than third, like more than it's insane. 70 two percent of people are in bad physical shape mm. and you wonder do you think they feel good in their bodies of course not yeah. of course not they don't there's no way so imagine if you start you, you show them that they're capable of taking control of it how what they're gonna their mind is gonna be able to produce a few months after
0: mm-hmm. it, it's
1: amazing if you want to master yourself start by mastering your body then you're going to start mastering your mind and after that, you 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 can go after what your purpose is. You can start realizing the type of person that you actually are and what you're capable of. But until you start that, it's never going to happen.
0: Right. Well, so i I went on that journey myself. Lost a hundred pounds. Um, me and my wife. And, and you're nice. right. I mean, once I, I was I was miserable. Um, I just lacked I, I i just lived in a fog but man once i started i lost that weight started yep i could i could buy clothes that i i wanted to wear <laughs> you know mm-hmm. i you start feeling better about yourself and then well man then, now you can move too i can do things yep. i can i can tie my shoes today you know mm-hmm. i was so big i couldn't even tie my own shoes you know and everything. what made you do it, it I, I was in a bad car wreck and okay. my back and I it was the only solution to, you know, either I'm going to have to have back surgery or I need to lose weight, you know, and it took me on a journey, you know, that not really, you think that you're, you're ready for, you mm-hmm. know, but I'm happy because that was the start of real change happening Uh in my life, you know? And so I I've, it's been an incredible three years for me, but I kind of like what you said too, because then that's when purpose started coming into my life, you know? And, and I see a lot of guys today, I don't know what you could do to encourage them, but you know, I I see a lot of guys who are just existing Uh and sometimes trying to get that message across it, man, there's just, there's way more to life than just existing. What do you, what do you want out of your life? And I asked someone the other day, I was like, you know, what, what goals you got? And they're like, they looked at me like I, and, and literally said, I've never been asked that before.
1: And does that surprise you? <laughs> no, not really. Mm-hmm.
0: But, but it, it encouraged me like, it gave me that opportunity to encourage this guy. Well, now somebody is. So mm-hmm. w- what's keeping you and um, how, how do you, no. how do you motivate? I know you're a coach and so stuff. How do you motivate? You can't,
1: people? you can't. Motivation's attached to your emotions. Your emotions are fluctuating day in, day out. They're different multiple times a day. They're going to change. So motivation is not meant to sustain you motivation can help but it's never something that you're going to be able to accomplish anything on you need to build discipline discipline is the only thing that's going to prevent you from or that's going to force you to do things even though you don't feel like it, it might help you you know you, you can go to a tony robin like a tony robbins uh, seminar for the weekend you're going to be pumped for the next week you're going to be pumped but i guarantee you within two weeks you're demotivated because there's nobody else to pump you up they do it on purpose they have the lights they have the show they have the the music that's pumping all the time you're filled with caffeine everybody's hyped around you but that doesn't stay that's not motivation that that's motivation that's not discipline that's not what you need so it's discipline but the thing is is you know you can't help somebody unless they're hurting and your story like mine is the perfect example would you have changed if you never got injured probably not why because you didn't have to we're lazy mm-hmm. human being by nature are very lazy we don't change unless we have to. We don't. Our even us as people, like uh, as a species, we're not going to change unless we need to, unless there's something that forces us to do it. If we're faced with death, we'll adapt. But outside of that, we're not going to change, and we're no different. So, uh, a guy like you were talking about, unless he's hurting, he's not going to change. And even if he's hurting, he probably won't change because he's not hurting enough. Yeah, this is the think- thing, and. I don't think there's any, there's nothing around it. You have to be hurting to a point where doing what you're
0: doing right now is no longer an option. Yeah. Like for him, I, he's hurting, but I think it's, the, you know, when a lot of men haven't seen other models, men other 100%. role models to model mm-hmm. that for them. 100%. And, and so how do you know something exists that you've never seen before? And you know, there there's, It comes down to
1: what i was saying earlier it's accountability because in this day and age you can't claim you you cannot claim ignorance anymore all -hmm. the information you'll ever need is out there so you're lazy you're lazy you're a coward you're maybe you're stupid like call a spade a spade people don't like to hear that but this is a fact this is a fact if you open your eyes you're going to start to see that there's no coincidences that god has been trying to help you for years you're just not listening no. Who's to blame for this? You. If your life sucks, it's your fault. There's no, there's no way around it. It is what it is. If you're not happy, guess what? It's your fault. Happiness, mm-hmm. is, happiness is not a goal. It's the state of mind. You can choose to be happy right now if you want to. Yeah. That's why the, the pursuit of happiness is such, t- to me, makes no sense. You, you don't have to chase after happiness. Happiness is a state of mind. When we're done, when we're done here, I'm going to go outside. Like I've been up since three this morning. I've took a break to go to the gym and now we're, we're recording this. Once we're done, I'm going to go sit outside with a Tim Keller book with a cigar. It's super nice out. And I'm going to sit there with my dog. This to yeah. me is happiness. Yeah. This right there. I choose to do this every time I can. You know why? Because it makes me happy. Right. I feel so much better when I'm just sitting in the sun with a book and a cigar. Nobody to bother me. I don't care about the cell phone and listen to some music and, I'm just there for an hour this is happiness but this is conscious I go to the gym because it makes me happy I go to the gym because it makes me feel better do I feel like doing it every day hell no hell no (laughs) hell no do I still try to do it four to six times a week a hundred percent do I try to go outside by myself and read with my dog yes a hundred percent but those are choices right and this is how it starts we have this you know we have this misconception that choosing to be happy is this massive enterprise that's going to be so hard and take so much time no it does not i'm i'm not in a good spot right now i can tell you in with all honesty i'm not in a good spot right now but you know what who cares i have faith in god i know he'll provide i know i'm following what he's telling me to do so i know that this is the right thing to do is it Mm. easy to follow your purpose what god's chosen for you no it's very hard I could have just stayed at my job. I was making six figures. I could have had a massive promotion that would have doubled my salary. And you know what? I wouldn't have had to worry. I could have invested, bought a few more houses, bought a few more cars, and just enjoy the rest of my life and live a lot. You know, I was posting this yesterday. You have two choices. Are you going to live a life of purpose or life of regret? And if you're not living your purpose, I guarantee you, you're going to regret it because this is the number one. The number one regret of the dying is to live a life others expected of them and not the life they wanted to live. Yeah. And I refuse to do that, whatever the cost, whatever the cost, it does not matter. If I have to lose it all, I've lost it all before and I'll rebuild it. If I have to lose it all again, no problem, I'll do it. But now I do it with purpose, knowing that that's what God wants me to do.
0: Man and, th- and there's
1: so much strength in that knowing that I can always rely on my faith. Is it easy? Hell no. Do I struggle with my faith sometimes? Absolutely. But you know what I've noticed, if you pay attention, God spoken to me in church Sunday, not last Sunday but the one before. I I'm I was dem- I, I was demoralized that day. Like you know sometimes you wake up and you're like, "Oh man, you're just it's one of those days that it was a hard day." I knew that I was off everything i was trying to put my mind to was not working and i wasn't i was in church i was hurting and i've learned to embrace my pain i've learned to embrace it to just say you know what don't chase it away just accept that it's happening and let it be just let it be there's a reason it's happening stop fighting it so i let it be i broke down like a little girl in church for 20 minutes i was crying mm. and you know why i cried they weren't that cry- they weren't tears of sadness there were tears of joy because i closed my eyes as the preacher was talking and i got in contact with god god touched me literally he was standing behind me and touched me i didn't see him but i felt his touch on my head and he told me i was never alone no matter what no matter what i was never alone you know the father figure that god that we all say that god is I've never understood it until then i've said it i'm like yeah of course he created us all so he is our father but that's it's more than that if you don't have anybody in your life he's going to be there for you and this if you feel alone if you don't have anybody to count to if your friends are not every time you change if there's one thing i've learned in life every single time you better yourself you alienate everybody around you if you're ready to say that i'm not a good person guess what everybody that's around you right now ain't a good person either and by you changing you're basically shoving it into their face to say you know I'm I'm changing I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna deal with you anymore because you're not changing I'm sorry bro I love you but I love myself more I have to take myself I have to take care of myself yeah so you know it's a lonely path to follow God's purpose I'm gonna tell you it is a lonely path but I realized a week ago that I'm never alone. That every single time I thought I was, I never was. It was always there. And this is powerful, man. This is just what I needed on that day. I needed that. I needed God to show me something because it it, it is hard. But man, if you pay attention, if you have faith that you're doing you're doing the right thing, that you're listening, nothing, nothing can bring you down. It's so it is freeing to have faith.
0: It is and the payoff. I mean, you're talking the purpose, you know, intentional guys, the name of our podcast. And it was like, you know, I resonate a lot with what you're saying, because until, you know, that word intentional hit me is because I, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't living my life, man. I was letting life lead me. And mm-hmm. I, I, I was in a job I hated and therefore I made everybody miserable around me. Uh, mm-hmm. I I had an excuse for everything, right? And then I I, I don't know, it was just one day I realized, man, you choose to work here, you mm-hmm. choose you know, if you don't like this, then create something better to to go after and that awakening changed everything for me, you know, mm-hmm. and uh we, we became more pur- purposeful and and intentional in what we what I was doing. But what's amazing is as I took care of me and started doing being intentional in my life, I don't have any power to change my wife or my kids or anybody like that, but because I changed and because I was intentional, it bled over into them. And our family has grown together now. In this and now i'm really I, just all the stuff you're talking about like i'm really people places and things those are so important to me those three things right there i'm i who i've got in my life you know uh where i'm spending my time and, and what i'm doing those things are are so important. I used to teach at the prison <laughs> and um, I was the transition teacher. And that was one of the things I taught. And I was like, man, you're teaching these guys, but you're, you're not even living it. you're just, you're miserable as anybody. You know, I was in prison to myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the hard part is, and you, and you said it, uh, I had asked an inmate one time because I was just frustrated. I was like, you know, I'm here trying to help these guys. I was like, I go, man, he goes, he goes, Justin. you know, when a man's ready for change. I was like, when he hits bottom, when he, you know, and I, I had all these things. Right. And he was like, no, he said, when he's ready to change and and not a moment sooner, you can't until the guy wants change. There's nothing you
1: can do, but they're never going to change if they're not hurting enough. It always comes down to pain. It does. It always, always comes down to pain when you cannot, it, it's simple when you can't continue doing what you're doing right now, that's it. That's when you're going to change. You're not. And I agree with him. Not a moment sooner. There's nothing I can tell you. I could smack you in the back of the head 10 times a day and say, you need to change. You're not going to listen to me. Yep. You're going to get used to the pain because, because that's what we do until we can't take it anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, you said something earlier too. I want, I want to backtrack to a little bit too, and, and have you define it a little bit for us. Um, you said that What I think every three months or so, every quarter, you reevaluate where you're at or something or who you are. But I do. I do that all the time. I always try to do that.
1: I, I'm a massive reader. Like I'm a big fan of psychology, big fan fan of theology. I'm a big fan of philosophy. And this is something I do all the time. I'm always trying to be intentional the more than the, the, the more that I can. Like I really want to be intentional in everything that I do. It's not possible, obviously, but right. this is something that Buddhism has taught me. Like I was, I was into Buddhism for a very long time before I discovered Christianity. And through meditation, through being mindful of your action, being mindful of the way you feel. Like why am I feeling a certain way right now? Why is my emotion changing? Most people don't even realize. They realize after they blew a gasket. Right. They don't realize until it's too far. It's too long. It's too, it's, it's too, it's too late now you you've done what you shouldn't have done but that's why meditation is so powerful but then what's the difference between meditation and praying arguable right the difference is very arguable it, it it's basically the same thing if you if you want it to be but
0: what well, i think as you hit mu- as, earlier it comes down to discipline you you have to discipline yourself a lot of but a lot of men have don't to want her- to change because they don't, they're they're comfortable, uh, lazy, um, yep, and mm, they're they're fine with the status quo.
1: But that's why the comfort zone's so dangerous. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: the comfort zone is exactly that. You you might be in pain. Maybe you, just like you, you didn't like your job. Maybe you didn't feel good in your body. Maybe you didn't feel the best in your mind. But how did you know better? And, and this is what is tragic about this is you, you look at the rate of obesity, for example, they say that if one of your, if the child, um, if the, the parent of a child are obese, there's 50% chances that that kid will become obese. If one of his parents, if the two of them are, it's something like 80 to 90%. Mm. So you're basically as much as you can not choose the cards that you're dealt, like you can't choose your parents the way you choose to play them is your is on you is 100% on you. Yeah. So wouldn't you rather can, can you get over this? Can somebody that's obese lose weight? Absolutely. But imagine that your parents taught you from a young age to eat properly, how far ahead you would be. It's a lot easier to learn the right thing the first time than to basically learn the wrong thing. Do it for so long that you're addicted to that lifestyle and then you have to retrain everything. From scratch, from not even from scratch, from worse than zero. You're below where you should be. Imagine if, you know, if there's one thing my mom taught me without realizing it is eating from home. We didn't have a lot of money. So all of our meals were at home. Mm-hmm. We didn't eat restaurants. We didn't eat crap. And guess what? I've always been in shape. I've been pushed into sports when I was a super, I lived in the country. There's nothing much to do except playing outside. Yeah. So I've always been active my whole life and I'm 41 years old and I've been hitting the gym for more than 20 years now. Been doing martial arts for that long too. So, And I started playing basketball. It must have been 9, maybe 10. So this has always stayed with me. I have never been fat in my life. Not once. That's because, just because my parents pushed me into sports or at least encouraged me because I naturally went through it but they encouraged it and they, they fed me properly from a young age. That's what my mother did.
0: Hmm.
1: So right then and there, this is something that I, it will never change. You can chop something off, chop my two arms. I'll find a way to work out. I'll find a way to train. I'll find a way to do, to do jujitsu. If I can do Muay Thai, I'll be able to do something, but this is the mindset. But you know, again, I've pondered this question for, for so long, and I cannot bring somebody to be accountable. I used to do quite a bit of coaching with people to help them become accountable. And I stopped, I stopped dealing with them cause they weren't, they weren't worth my time. I do not deal with people. I will not coach people that are not already disciplined, that don't already have an idea of what they want or, or, or at least who they are.
0: Well, how because, about if you got someone listening right now, and they're like, "How do I become disciplined? Where would you tell them to start?"
1: Start hitting the gym. This is the first thing. It takes twenty-one days to form a new habit. Start hitting the gym. Start just looking at what you're eating. Start really take take a piece of paper out, a word document, whatever, however you you choose to take notes, and write down everything that you eat. Right. Write down all the exercise that you're doing right now write down a schedule how much time do i do you have every day and you watching tv don't count how much time do you have that's free that you're not working or you're not taking care of your kids how much time do you got okay cool yeah you're going to take four one hour sessions in that and you're going to book them you're going to put them in your calendar i don't care that you have i get up at three o'clock in the morning so i have no pity for people that tells me that Oh, I don't have the time. Screw you. You don't make the time. There's a massive difference between both because right. I guarantee you show me a schedule and I'll show you a bunch of time wasted somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So show, so somebody to tell me that you don't have four hours a week to take care to, to go to the gym, bull. You're telling me that you can't eat properly, bull, bull. Don't believe it for a second, but those are the choices. If you're not capable of eating properly, and hitting the gym four times a week you'll never build discipline
0: yeah and, and I don't right. believe I mean, it for a second uh, a lot of people I that I I deal with I I see excuses I mm-hmm. hear excuses more than I hear um, of course you know desires for something better. I mean we all want something better right sure of course it's easy to want mm-hmm. uh the hard part is to to go after and to and to make it into fruition i mean what you know what do you want in life and then you, you go after it and get it and people of faith we're the same way i don't you know just i i i get tired i i feel like sometimes christians think that because we we know christ that everything's just like well he should bless me with it god wants this to work too in fact, Even, you, you clearly well, don't know
1: Christ if you think that He's going to bless you for something for sitting your bum on the t- on the couch watching TV. Yeah. Nobody, it's called free will. Yep. yep. God did not invent did not invent evil. He allowed right. men free will. Free free men created evil. Did God let it happen? Yes, because He had two choices. You either create us as free people. Or you create us as automatons. Those are your two choices. And God can have all the plans in the world for you, but if you're not ready to do the work, guess what? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have a lot of explanation to do when you face him. And you know, I was pondering this. uh, I'm reading some Tim Keller right now, and I absolutely love this guy. And throughout his book, I started to realize that atheists. It's not that they don't believe in God. They don't want. believe in God because if God exists that means you're accountable for a lot you're gonna have a lot of explanation to do you have a lot of work to do every day if you want to be if you want to be okay with a Christian God it is not gonna be easy you're gonna have to do a lot of work my friend and this is why I believe there's so many atheists today because if you look at every single problem in society today I can boil it down to one thing lack of accountability there's no way that you want to believe in a God that expects things from you. Why, if you're not going to be accountable in your life, you'll never. Be, you don't want to believe in God. You don't. Right. If you think right. I'm harsh with my words, wait till you face him. <laughs> wait till you have some, you're going to have a lot of explanation and you know what? It's not an easy feat. So I understand why. There's so many atheists I've, I, because it, it's a direct replication of what's going on in society with the lack of mm. accountability. It, to, it goes hand to hand. Totally makes sense to me. That doesn't mean that Christians are necessarily good Christians either, though. We got to be very careful about that. And this Correct. is some of the work that I'm starting to do right now. This is something that I'm going to start talking about more and more because I am not a Christian from life. I'm not a life Christian. I'm a new Christian from a year ago. And y- yeah. you know what? Christianity has gone soft. Yeah. We're well, extremely to, soft.
0: I grew up a preacher's kid. I had to undo everything I I thought I knew and start mm-hmm. from scratch. I really I really did. And so I mean in a lot of ways I feel I I feel like a brand new Christian in the last 3 years because honestly I was living what my dad and the church that I was in taught, you know, uh-huh. and, and now I, I, I'm I'm learning for myself some things and um, my eyes are open on a lot of stuff, you know, that, that they weren't before. And I think a lot of you bring up a lot of good points today, discipline, accountability, you know, uh, those are things that a lot of us lack, especially men. Mm-hmm. You know, hundred percent, and I agree with you in the simple fact. I, you know, when all that happened to me was when I was hurting, my my when my world was miserable and I was miserable. That's when change mm-hmm. finally took place for me. Yep you know, I, and but it's I, even more powerful
1: than that. I, I I'm sorry to cut you off, but I wanted to say it earlier, but you asked another question, but you, you said something that is so important that any men listening to what you said really need to take your example with really see it for the inspiration that it is, because I don't even know if you realize this, but men are supposed to lead. This is, this is our job. We, we follow God and we're supposed to lead our families. We're supposed to lead our communities. We're supposed to be the leader they need, that, not the person that we want to be, the leader that they need. Yeah. And it's interesting how you said that when you started to change, guess what? Your wife changed, your kid changed because that's your job. You're supposed to lead your men. That is yes. your job. You're supposed to lead your family. So you're asking me, you, you asked earlier, what, what could be the motivation for for a man to want to change your family? Instead mm-hmm. of using your family as an excuse, how about you start using it as a motivation? Oh, yeah. Instead of saying, oh, I can't do this because I have kids. No, 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 You have to do this because you have kids. You owe them more than you do. You're yeah. supposed to lead them. If you know what? You're responsible for how your kids are going to turn out. Mm. If you're not a good father, guess what? They're not going to be a good father either. Yeah, they're going to have, as I said earlier, I don't see a difference between child abuse and obesity rates. I don't see the difference between child abuse and a father that doesn't take his responsibility of raising their kids. This to me is child abuse. You're creating an environment in which your kids are going to have to start further away than if you were present and doing your job. Yeah. And this is why your what you said earlier is so powerful, because the day you start, you, you took your balls back and you reattached them to where they belong. You started leading. You started becoming a real man. You started leading. Guess what? Your family fell into place, and not in a way where you're you're, you're their master. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But you were the you were the inspiration that they need. Yeah, being a man is hard. Being it a man is. is so hard when it comes to that because we have gender roles. And for the people that think that there is no gender role, surprise, surprise, life is going to hit you like a shovel if that's what you if that's what you truly believe. No. That's hard to be a man in
0: today's world because in today's world you know it God, don't even get me started it's just it's messed up but but men are not
1: courageous too this is why if you look at my five virtues of a good man courage is the first one because i had this discussion with the pastor at my church here uh where we are right now and i asked him i'm like man i'm writing my book my second book and i i don't know which one comes first is it courage or is it faith and he's like i don't know He's like, that's a great question. I can't answer that question. I don't know. I don't know which one comes first, because, for example, I've read C.S. Lewis. Now I'm reading Tim Keller, and I like Tim Keller better because he starts from more a messed up a messed up place. Like if you read C.S. Lewis, you you have the understanding that faith is more important than courage, because he was relating a Christian message to the boys in the first and the second world war, those guys are already courageous Yeah, already. This is already something that they have. Those guys were already protectors and providers for their families. If they weren't, they wouldn't be there in the first place. Right. So they started way ahead. As I said, they started like me when it comes to eating properly. When you look at so CS Lewis didn't have to talk about courage, didn't have to talk about those simple things because this was already understood. But if you look at Tim Keller setting up a church in the middle of Manhattan, it's insane. It's complete insanity to try to do that. Yet the redeemer had like five or 6,000 people attending. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. So he's an inspiration, but he had to start way further down the line than a CS Lewis had to start. So this is why I asked that question to the pastor. I'm like, in today's world, we're having faith takes courage. Which one comes first
0: mm.
1: and it's courage because men are not courageous anymore. Men no. have become so, 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 so cowardly. Yeah, we're cowards now. Men yep. do not. And I'm not talking about saving a, a baby out of a burning building here, which you should if right. you're faced with that situation, you should. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking like as simple as standing up for what you believe in. Yeah. Just yeah. saying, when you're hearing somebody talk a lot of crap, and you're just like, uh, "No, absolutely right. not! I will not let you one speak to me like this," and two, you're wrong, and here is why you're wrong. Yeah, this is you're supposed to have what it takes to do that.
0: Well, you're you supposed can't to be have courageous. these debates today because people get so offended so easily over everything. I have them every day, but I have them every day. And and my thing is, I'm I'm kind of. I know you're this way, just by talking to you I, I've got to the point <laughs> where i if they get offended, they get offended, you know i I don't I quit my job speak truth. I quit my job
1: because I knew that I wouldn't be able to speak the way I speak right now, being in sales and being one of the faces of the company. Mm. I couldn't have I wouldn't have been able to I quit my job because I did not like what they believed in. I quit my corporate job because I didn't. My values did not align with theirs. Yeah. And I, I will never ne- I will not live my life on my knees. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah this I is know. the first step to regret right there. Make yeah, sure well. that other people tell you what to do and just listen and obey. You need to obey one single person. And he made you. Outside of that, you have to have the balls to know. We all know deep down what's right. I don't know how you call it. I haven't figured out what it's called, but God has put somewhat of a compass into us. We want to be good. Most of us do have a moral compass that has been genetically given to us. I don't know how it was provided to us, but all to say that we know what's right in our heart, we know what's right now. Hell is paved is hell. the, The path to hell is paved with good intentions. So that doesn't mean that because we know what good is that we necessarily do it. Do it. But we we need to be courageous again. Men need to step up to the plate and say, no, this is not wrong. I will stand up for it. And if you don't do it for you, do exactly what you did. Do it for your children. Do it for your wife. Yeah, be the leader they need. Be the change you want to see in the world, as Gandhi said. Mm,
0: That's good well listen man nico thank you so much for being on here We're running out of time but i really appreciate <laughs> you giving us a lot of a lot of good stuff to to look at and you know iron sharpens iron and you know i i agree with a lot of things that you said on there. And starting with discipline and you know for our men listening that's looking for that that path to finding a better them is a great place to start right there so thank you so much uh for being on our show man i appreciate it absolutely thanks for having me on man all right so next time guys just keep being intentional thanks so much for listening to this episode of the intentional guy podcast we hope you enjoyed the show and got some real value out of it tell others what you learned and share the podcast if you think they would benefit from it too Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform, leave a review, and consider checking out our website, intentionalguy.org, to learn more about us and get in touch. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.